0: Good morning, from the team here at 1.37 p.m. This is 7.31 a.m. Let's get the day going. Good morning, 137 p.m. family. Thank you for getting your day started with the 7.31 a.m. podcast. My name is Bo Templin. Hosting today on this beautiful Tuesday is Charlie Colbrenner. Charlie. How was your Monday?
1: Good, good. Monday. Productive. Got a lot of work done. Um, and excited. I, I mean, I don't know if it's nearly as beautiful here in New York City as it is in San Diego, but still a good good day to get out there and write some stories.
0: I'm not going to flip the camera around.
1: Let's just yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, fair, I, fair. It would feel fair, cruel fair, 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 to fair. do I, so. That's fair. And Charlie, I
0: that. Charlie. Today, today is Tuesday, May third, 2022. And I'm excited about a lot of the stories that we have here, especially for the style uh, section, which, you know, it's sometimes hard for us to find stories. But we've always talked about how we want to incorporate more and more of it into the show. And well, today we will be doing that. Charlie, let's start today's show by saying on this day in 2002, truly one of the more influential pieces of art probably in the last 25 30 years was released in theaters the first spider-man movie came out and you know you want to exaggerate or, or no but go ahead overblow the importance of it but really this is a defining moment in cinema and and beyond that art as well because if this movie doesn't succeed the way it does we probably don't see the MCU that we have today. It's a completely different landscape. What do you remember from the uh, the OG Spider-Man movie?
1: No, yeah, absolutely everything you're saying. It's like the only other spectacle superhero film before that is Superman from 1978, um, which was a spectacle film, um, but to no in no way to the extent of Spider-Man 1 and then especially because Spider-Man would go on to have two sequels like I feel like in a lot of ways as we've talked about a little bit I wrote my my uh, undergraduate thesis about superhero movies and so I did ve- very much view this Spider-Man as a watershed moment in the history of cinema in the history of superhero movies and these sort of like ongoing cinematic universes that we have now would have never existed without the Sam Raimi Spider-Man and especially if as you said if the movie was not a banger the way that it was that's a big part of it too
0: Sam Raimi directed all three of the the OG Spider-Man movies was notorious for doing horror projects leading up to it. And a lot of people will say that his past with the horror genre actually allowed him to create such iconic villains like Green Goblin and then Doc Ock. Like, when you watch the Doc Ock hospital scene, it's a horror movie that is just spooky. fitting in the parameters of a PG thirteen movie. Now Sam Raimi will have his next movie being released on Thursday this week, Doctor Strange Two. And oh, right. I forgot
1: pe- that he's doing that. Crazy.
0: Right. And and they're saying they're classifying this as potentially the first Marvel like thriller slash horror movie, which is really, oh, really, really interesting. Yeah.
1: Whoa, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah, that is cool. Because it's true, like, the first one, like, Doc Ock in the second one, of course, but also the Green Goblin in the first one, some of those spooky, spooky scenes of him, like, talking to himself are, it, it is very, um, it's obviously very inspired by the legacy of, of thriller movies and horror movies.
0: Yeah, and I also get a, a major, like, uh, Shakespeare totally. feel, where he's talking, you know, to the mask, yeah. and then the mask is talking about it. It's just very, very cool. We could talk about this movie all day long. I, I truly do love it, and it's, it's so important to a lot of the movies that we love today. Charlie! Charlie, I'm seeing some news here. Over in gaming, Elton dropped this off for us. What do you got for us?
1: Gaming. Yes, sir, this is an exciting piece from gaming. Um, so a company that you might not know called Embracer Group is set to acquire a bunch of the studios owned by Square Enix, a company that if you're into gaming, you probably do know. Um, and so Embracer Group, which is a Swedish video game and media holding company, entered into an agreement with Square Enix to get its hands on three of the studio Square Enix's biggest studios. Their subsidiaries, the studios are Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal. Um, now that uh, Embracer is going to have all those studios under their banner, they're going to get the rights to the IP that that is owned by those studios. So we're talking about Tomb Raider, Legacy of Kane Thief, and a bunch of other legacy games that are definitely worth bringing back at some point that we'll imagine. We will see some sort of revitalizations from these studios now as they're under the Embracer group Umbrella. Um, in a press statement, Embracer noted that their latest acquisition, quote, also includes the continued sales and operations of the studio's more than 50 back catalog games. We might also see some news in the future um, from those older older titles as well. Bo. Pretty exciting piece in entertainment What's going on with Fast and Furious
0: Yeah, Charlie, so this was an update From a story that we had done maybe about a week ago We found out that Justin Lin The director of Fast and Furious 10 Would be leaving the project After like two days on set Justin Lin has made a lot of the Fast and Furious movies over the last Decade or so, Justin Lin was Set to make probably 10 million dollars for Fast and Furious 10, so you gotta ask Why would he leave? Right? Why would you leave if you know you're going to make $10 million? This is, this is your baby. You've been working on this for a really long time. Justin Lin reportedly left Fast and Fast X due to Vin Diesel's difficult behavior. This is coming from a report, not from a, directly from Lin, but, quote, Diesel shows up late to the set. He doesn't know lines, and he shows up out of shape. As a huge fan of the Fast and Furious projects, I love these things. But from what we see in the movies... These reports kind of seem true. It feels like in the last three or four movies, Vin Diesel just, like, shows up. He kind of mails in his performance. We haven't really seen anything new or refreshing from the Fast and Furious franchise since Fast Five. Nothing's really changed. So, hearing this report, it's not all that surprising. Let's remember that The Rock and Vin Diesel have been feuding for a really long time now over creative direction and disciplinary stuff that is, you know, well-documented now between The Rock and Vin Diesel, they have found their replacement director, Louis Leterrier, who did the first Incredible Hulk movie with Edward Norton, and he did the first two Transporter movies. He has signed on to replace Justin Lin as the director of Fast X. This movie is going to be the exact same thing as what we've seen with the last two. Let's not act surprised when it's big action sequences that don't make any sense. Let's head on over to sports. Sports. DeAndre Hopkins, star wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, has been suspended six games by the NFL for PEDs. You don't see this all the time in the NFL. This is kind of surprising. DeAndre Hopkins is just now part of the list. For what is wrong with the Arizona Cardinals, they've had a tough offseason. They've had trouble figuring out their contract disputes with quarterback Kyler Murray. Now they're dealing with this. The Cardinals could be in trouble moving forward here. We'll see what happens. This is just uh, a lot of drama for a team that has a lot of talent, plenty of potential, but now it feels like they're going to get caught up in some stuff that it's going to put you behind no matter what. You got to play the, the Rams twice a year. You got to play the 49ers twice a year. The Seahawks won't be any good this year. But still, very competitive division. You got to be disciplined. And this offseason looks like it could be a little bit of hell for the Arizona Cardinals. Charlie, last night was the big one the Met Gala. Give us, uh, give us some of the winners and losers.
1: Oh, Last night is arguably one of, if not the single biggest night in fashion of the year. It was the Met Gala. If you don't know, I also am always kind of confused about what the Met Gala is, but essentially the Met hosts an exhibition as an ode to fashion every year. Um, there's a theme, and then once a year before it, they do a red carpet event where uh, different designers have uh, like tables at the Met Gala and they get to dress certain people, celebrities, and people for the event. Um, and the red carpet at the Met Gala is one of the biggest fashion nights of the year. And so the theme of the Met Gala this year, uh, is It's a a two-part. This is the second part because last year's Met Gala was delayed, so it actually happened in the fall of last year, so it's only been about six months since the previous Met Gala. But last year's and now this year's, the theme is In America, an Anthology of Fashion, so the exhibition that they're showing at the Met is all about the history of American fashion. But then the theme of the red carpet, which I didn't realize that they made a distinction between them, um, but the theme of the red carpet is Gilded Glamour. Um, It was really fun. Uh, People wore a lot of crazy things. I mostly focus on menswear because that's what I know the best. If you want to look at some really interesting... Sebastian Stan, which I I love Sebastian Stan. He wore this crazy pink Valentino suit that I love the tailoring on. It's really big and baggy, uh, which I think is the direction of a lot of menswear right now. Riz Ahmed also wore this really incredible Louis Vuitton look with these really eccentric, almost like puddle boots. And then as far as the women's wear, there was a lot of really amazing stuff. I really like Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, that couple. They wore this Louis Vuitton, these outfits that were beautiful. Anderson Pack also wore this crazy Gucci jacket. It was really, really fun. Uh, we're going to put a story up on the site this morning that will have some of our favorites from the show. So if you want to look at them, um, go check that out. But uh, I love the Met Gala. I'm also going to put out a TikTok uh, today as well. So look out for that. There's a lot of very fun stuff. The Met Gala is super fun. Um, I-, I hope you all enjoy some of, the, some of the crazy looks that people wore last night.
0: That'll be it for today's episode. For more details, on these stories and more head to 137pm.com or follow 137pm on all of our social media platforms hop into our discord we're gonna have a stage this week we're gonna have twitter spaces this week you can chat with us you can be part of the community and you can give us feedback on what you want to hear we will be back tomorrow as always remember to stay curious